the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to High on Real Estate. As you most likely know, real estate is a universal language. Everyone wants to know about it. Everyone wants to hear about it. It's different all over now, um, but we try to bring you the latest reports on what's going on in real estate, but I have to tell you, uh, I spent, well, I probably spent till like four in the morning just looking at current information about, especially the tri-states, since I think that's probably one of our biggest audiences. And it's kind of, uh, as I was talking to Steve, the tale of two cities, which we're going to talk about today. So much is going on, and really it's important to hear it, but not only hear it, if there's something important to you, to voice it. Because in my opinion, and this is an opinion, if we don't do something, we really need to get stuff, our house in shape. It's just, it's all over the map. But anyhow, we're glad that you're listening to AM 970, The Answer. And um, we want you to listen to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and on my uh, Javi Herman newsletter. If you have any questions, we love hearing from you. So you can call us live at 866-970-9622. And, of course, my co-host, Stephen Ebert, a partner at the prestigious firm, Casson and Casson, is here to – he's a walking encyclopedia. And as I said, a really real real estate attorney from deals with only real estate and has the latest things, and you want to hear what he's got to say about a lot of things. And we want you to just be aware of everything that's going on. And then on issues that I think are really going to affect you, and everyone just listens and just, I think, just kind of lets it go. I think, you know, on things that are important to you, you should have a voice. Because if everyone just sits back, uh, I hate to say it, but I don't have a, f- a lot of faith in what's going on all right now. And, of course, today at 11 o'clock, we'll be joined by Gary Allen, who is a designer, landscape in Jacksonville, Florida. Allen is one on the hit TV show, The Designer Landscapes from HGTV. And he's a horticulturist and will discuss the benefits of landscaping. And those of you who have single-family homes are, no, landscaping, I won't say will be the only thing that sells a home, but, but landscaping, the right landscaping can put your home over the top. So you certainly don't want to miss him. So, where do I begin? I don't even know where to begin. But I do want to say, first of all, congratulations to the Bronx, because the Bronx uh, 
makes the list of the 50 most expensive neighborhoods in New York City for the first time. Uh, Fieldstone zooms from number 41 to number 41 from 140, thanks to their single-family deals. Hudson Yards and Tribeca remain New York's priciest neighborhoods per property shark. Vinegar Hill, which is in Brooklyn, $2.6 million medium sales price lands Brooklyn in the top three. So that's pretty uh, incredible. And when I say congratulations to the Bronx, well, congratulations to you if you're selling a house in the Bronx and uh, maybe uh, you're going to have to save up some money if you want to buy. Uh, the only four neighborhoods that, sur- that surpassed 2 million medians in uh, 23, in the first quarter of, ni- of 23, were Hudson Yards. Now listen to this. A median sales price of $5,729. Tribeca, three million five. Vinegar Hill, which is in Brooklyn, two Soho, two million two. Flatiron, one million nine. Hudson Square, one million nine. I'm leaving off the change. The Theater District, one million nine. Dumbo, one million seven. Um, Hudson Yard still remains the most expensive neighborhood. Uh, Thirty-one New York City neighborhoods had a median sales price of one million plus. Just two fewer than in the first quarter. And uh, for all that they say that's negative about New York, you see, if I was the PR person for New York, of course I would write, you know, the truth and talk about what things that are not good and what things we have to do better. But I, Stephen, would certainly boast about, you know what? Look at, look at the money people are spending in New York. Louis Vuitton is planning to redevelop the Fifth Avenue store into its flagship office. It's planning to ter- tear down its current building on the corner of 5th and 57th uh, and in the heart of the New York Fashion District and build a new flagship store. I mean, there's so much money going into New York. Uh, yet, there are things that we see... Uh, that I'm not sure so good. I want to ask you a question. So that's really good news. Uh, but I have some questions for you, Steve. I was reading that the rent board grants the preliminary okay to hike up to 5% landlord slam. Like that they're, uh, they haven't approved it yet. It was like a preliminary hearing on Tuesday. And they want to, they're approving rent. They want to. I shouldn't say it happened yet. Increase up to 7% on stabilized apartments. Now, that's not everyone's apartment. Those are rent-stabilized apartments in New York City. The board approved the maximum increase of 2% and 5% on one-year leases and between 4 and 7 on two-year leases. Um, so, of course, anyone in a rent-controlled apartment is saying, bull, wrote that we, we can't afford that. So this is going to go on and on, but if you're a... Uh, at all in a rent-controlled apartment, I would advise you pay attention to that um, because it's not permanent yet, but that's what they're proposing. So before it happens, if that's something of interest to you, you should need to get involved. Now, um, Kathy Hochul, the uh, governor, has said that she plans to read a This was what one of her beginning statements when she first came into office was, that she's going to re- revitalize the area uh, and she is going to uh, 
built housing and all that stuff. Uh, I don't see it. Uh, recent data, now, you know, office leasing hasn't rosy. Of course, you know, Manhattan, a total of 1.5 million of office leases were signed in the last month. That's nearly 44% decrease from a year ago and a 7.7 drop from a month ago. So what is she doing? I mean, I, did she just forget about that? Because well, that was what she ran on. Do you have well, any? Dottie, good, yeah, good morning, Dottie. So, you know, you have a, a ton of um, a great topics and a, and a number of things going on in the news to, to discuss. Um, you know, here's what I would say. I mean, one, let's go back to the state level about where things are because, you know, in the last couple of weeks, right, we've talked about the natural gas issues. Yes. We've talked about this densification potentially of suburban residential living, and um, which, which was on there, and also good cause eviction. Those were other topics that were floating around the agenda. And I think part of what we'll want to do today is let our listeners know all these things that have been floating out in the news, are they real, are they hanging around, are they going away? Um, so, so to hit on some of these topics, Dottie, so one, the good cause eviction, which, remember, would have made it even tougher for landlords um, to evict a tenant or, or also um, have to give a renewal, that was part of the budget process, and that seemed to have gone by the wayside. Um, yeah, there I were a lot that. of, yep. It says delays, so extensions, one. contentious negotiations, and in the end, Hochul's housing plan was scrapped. Without it, there's yep, little so momentum no. for tenants' protections like good cause eviction bill. Yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you, there was a lot of concern because New York already, you know, has, you know, is, I would say, a pretty pro-tenant state. Um, by comparison to other parts of the country, yes. just on how long the process and the and the cost is, and also keep in mind, um, New York also has laws like limiting security deposits on market properties, let alone the rent stabilized that you were talking about, which I'll get to in a second, um, to one month security. Um, so there are are items in place. This would have been even more. The and that was really highly contested amongst various constituent groups in, in the real estate sector. Um, she had another idea where she wanted to add 800,000 um, multifamily denser um, residences in suburban areas proximate to train stations. So, wow. for example, if you go immediately outside the city to Nassau County in Westchester, I mean, you have towns that the entire population of a town might be a few thousand um, and, and she was looking at trying to add nearly the same size of the entire town in dense housing by a train station. Which is and a so disaster. There was a tr- would have been a disaster. I mean, the mayor, the mayor of Bronxville, who, who is also a Democrat, so this is not even a Republican-Democrat issue, um, was one of the leading voices against it. But basically, the plan initially thrown out there by Hochul was to put in more units than there actually were residents in the town of Bronxville. I mean, that, that's completely changing a town over and, and really changing something which 
honestly, in my career is unheard of removing the local power on zoning to basically state overriding the zoning. Now, um, you know, there have been cases in the past historically where zoning has been abused, and that has happened, but we're also talking going back 50 to 100 years, right? Sometimes you see legacies of um, what would be illegal violations of fair housing on zoning restrictions or things like that. But, Dottie, we're talking that's the kind of stuff you haven't seen in, in 50 to 75 years on the books, you know. So to then try to override the local would really change the entire flavor of a town um, and guess how it's constructed. So that also didn't go anywhere. So those were two big things that were highly contested that as part of the budget process seemed to have gone away. Well, that's um, good, in my opinion. That's a good thing that it went away. I think so. I mean, I look at my, my own little hamlet. We're about 1,800 people in my hamlet, I mean, which is basically the size of a large Manhattan apartment building is on our hamlet. And we, we're proximate to a train station. You could have completely changed the entire town. And what's interesting about this, and this is where you think about it, I mean, we're within an hour of midtown Manhattan, and yet, you know, you can see the density is, is way less, and you have different issues, right? And, and this is part of the interesting conversation. I mean, you look at it. You know, people think of New York City, they think of the Empire State Building, they think of the Statue of Liberty, they think of subways and a lot of traffic. But within an hour, you have horses and homes with wells um, not even connected to a municipal water system. So it's a very, we have an incredibly diverse housing stock in a fairly short geographic and, and small geographic area. Um, so I, I, you know, this is going back to really our theme for today, the tale of two cities in our city. We have these amazing deals, people making big investments, high cost properties. And I can tell you all sorts of stories about home. People are buying homes for one to $2 million just to knock them down and build a new home. Um, and you see bidding wars. And at the same time, you see certain properties in certain neighborhoods not moving. So, so Dottie really feels like a tale of two cities at the same time. I couldn't agree with you more because just this week, we had two uh, contracts for more than $25 million, one which was a Chinese billionaire, and he bought the townhouse. And the Manhattan's luxury market bought in its highly weekly volume in 12 months with 27 signed contracts resulting in asking prices of $284.79 million for the week ending Sunday. Okay, so 11 trophy properties homes asking 10 million or more drove up that total. So it is the tale of two cities. Uh, and, you know, somewhere it has to somehow balance, I think, get better balance. And, all, you know, and I think there were, uh, there were plans of converting or at some talk about converting some of that office space to residential, but that's, you know, that's complicated. And what kind of residential? And I, to me, that's not going to happen for a long time. I, I don't see you know, that happening right The conversion's a great comment, but I, I agree with you. I mean, there are very, in my opinion, there are very few successful office-to-residential conversions. Let me start with that. If you look at the buildings that they would talk about, number one, 
It's in an office neighborhood. Do you want to live and raise your kids in an office neighborhood? Where, where are the schools? Where are the parks and the playgrounds, right? What, what, what's your infrastructure there? The other thing is look at these buildings. How you build an office, you know, are you going to put, I mean, do you have natural gas and cooktops in your office? No. You, you're going to, what about water lines and putting in bathrooms? The way you lay it out is completely different. The entire floor plate um, is different. And also how you're looking at windows, elevators, capacity. Um, it is really very, very expensive. Plus, you know, we have to have also a conversation about zoning and neighborhoods and efficiency. Um, what I do think has a better chance, and you got to look at it building by building, is the hotel to residential conversion. And Dottie, th there's a big conversion that's about to happen now. Um, there's the uh, Hilton Hotel right by JFK Airport in Queens, right. Uh, right in Jamaica, Queens. And they are about to close the hotel down <coughs> and do a approximate $150 million redevelopment to create 300 housing units. Um, and this was a nice hotel that really fell on hard times with COVID and really this, you know, while some hotels have been able to come out of it now, this is a hotel that really hasn't. Um, so this is going to be a whole new development. And, that, and that's an example of where, you know, you could have an interesting, successful uh, redevelopment. Stephen, can we go back to just one second on that good cause eviction bill? Um, mm -hmm which was a proposal to cap annual rent increases and prevent landlords from evicting tenants as long as they are paying their rent on time and abiding by the terms of their lease. Um, tenants were clear without strong rental assistance and protections from unjust evictions, uh, the governor's plan simply would not deliver. So that, is that kind of in the waste trash can? Well, what do you see? I, I hope that? it is because, first of all, they, I have a bigger question. What does it mean to own something? I, I thought if you own something, you could charge whatever rent you want to charge. And a tenant doesn't have to accept it. A tenant can say, you want to charge me $5,000 a month for an apartment that everyone else is charging $3,000? i will go somewhere else. And that's, what we, that's capitalism. That's the market. The idea that on private property, right, we're not talking about deals in which we've, people have agreed to be rent stabilized. Things that people bought under the assumption where they own it, private property, the idea that the, the government could come in and say, we're going to tell you how much you can raise the rent, um, I, I think is absurd. Um, my personal belief, and I, I don't know if a judge would agree, but I think most would, that that would be what we call a taking the government is not allowed to take a private asset without just compensation. And I think if you cap the amount that a landlord can increase rent, you are taking away money from them um, illegally. And so I'm well, very glad that that did not go into effect. Yeah, not only that, they can't upgrade the property, they can't fix it, they can't do what they need to do. And you know, you got to look at the landlord side, too. They have increasing taxes and things of that. So then those buildings will deteriorate. I mean, we'll just get wrecked because. So 
I'm glad that didn't go through, but I don't know that it's done yet. We'll continue talking about that right after the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Iron Real Estate. I'm here. I'm Dottie Herman. Are you fed up with hair loss or weak, brittle hair? Invite Health would like to introduce you to Hair Enhance HX. This powerful bioactive formula targets the root causes of hair loss, like stress, hormone imbalance, and nutritional deficiencies, packed with clinically studied nutrients shown to increase hair strength and growth. Formulated to target male and female pattern hair loss with amino acids to strengthen hair and promote new hair growth. This comprehensive formula addresses the multiple causes of weak, brittle, and lackluster hair. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Buy one bottle of Hair Enhance HX as suggested retail and get the second bottle free. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com and use promo code HAIR. Are you ready to get to the root cause and finally see and feel a difference? Call now, 800-673-2345 for Hair Enhance HX. I'm super excited about the conversation I just had with Alex Kinsella over at Route 22 Toyota. He was catching me up on the landscape of the automotive industry, and I got to tell you, he really seems to have it figured out. Alex and his entire team over at Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey, makes the entire car shopping experience easy. He let me know that while inventory levels are far from perfect, they finally got a nice selection of new cars over at Route 22 Toyota, including RAV4 and Highlanders. Plus, they're holding inventory for local New Jersey residents versus selling them to people calling from out of state. Call Route 22 Toyota at 973-705-8905 and let the team show you one of the area's largest selections of new Toyota vehicles. And be sure to check out their huge selection of pre-owned and Toyota certified used vehicles while you're there. That's 973-705-8905. And remember to tell them that Joe Piscopo sent you. Over the past 20 years, a quiet revolution has transformed medicine. Many conditions that once required major surgery can now be treated with procedures that are far less invasive and often far more effective. Are you aware of these alternatives? Join Dr. Dan Simon for All Things Health, where he discusses cutting-edge medical advances that are providing alternatives to traditional surgery. Dr. Simon is an experienced interventional radiologist who has helped thousands of patients experience dramatic improvements, all without traditional surgery. Dr. Simon will explain latest medical breakthroughs so you can be fully aware of your options. Listen to All Things Health on AM 970 The Answer on Sundays and Saturdays on AM 570 and 102.3 FM The Mission WMCA. Have questions? Call Dr. Simon at 1-844-534-3621 or visit allthingshealth.ai or listen to All Things Health on AM 970 The Answer on Sundays and AM 570 102.3 FM The Mission WMCA on Saturdays. To learn more, visit allthingshealth.ai. AM 970 The Answer is bringing Dr. Lederman's expertise in alternative cancer treatments to prime time every Monday night at 7. Dr. Lederman is triple board certified in radiation oncology, medical oncology, and internal medicine, and is the first physician to perform non-invasive body radio surgery in the Western Hemisphere, treating thousands of patients covering nearly every size, site, and type of cancer, large and small, primary and metastatic. Listen to Dr. Lederman Monday night at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. Take it from Charlie Kirk. As I read this New York Times article, so I read the New York Times so you don't have to, Salem Media Group reaches more people than they realize. This is my favorite line of the whole thing. Their hosts are big names, and they have huge reach, which makes them one of the most powerful forces in conservative media. 
Step into our big names to help grow your business. To find out more about it, reach out to our general sales manager, Laura Schaefer, by calling 212-857-9639. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. I'm here with Stephen Eber, my co-host, and we're talking about what's going on in Manhattan. And Stephen, I hate to talk about bad news, but there was a disturbing article in the Post on May 2nd, um, and it says New Yorkers cashing out. Um, state income keeps falling down to Florida, and they show in the years 2018 and 19, um, New York state adjusted income due to domestic migration went down $9 billion. In 2019, 20, 2021, $19.5 Now, we have the pandemic, so I'll attribute some of that to that because New York is pretty bad. Florida was, I don't know how bad, but they didn't broadcast it. 20 to 21, it's down 24.5 billion, and now it's even more. New York lost 24.5 billion in state-adjusted gross income in 21. Much has wound up in Florida, which has seen a 10 billion dollar windfall in 2021, stemming from New York transplants. Adjusted, and you know, then it goes on that New York, you know, not only New York, I guess it happened in California. And the, one of the main reasons is the Empire State's top earners are taxed at the highest rate in the nation at 10.9%. And this, well, this Thomas, I think, Barbiara, which I'm going to get him on the show, uh, said he has clients calling above leaving New York for lower tax states, especially Florida. And um, that's disturbing to me. I mean, you know, they keep yeah, I mean, losing I mean, people. Well, you know, Dottie, we live, you know, look, the rules of the game have changed, right? You know, while people are still connected to cities, family and so forth, you know, we live in a world now where it's easier and easier to move, right? Sure. And so if that's the case, if it's easier and easier to move, and for some jobs, right? Now, this depends on the job, and this is a a much bigger thing to break down. But for some jobs, people can do it further away and in different locations. And then the question is, why are you paying a premium, right? I mean, there are New York is a premium area. To a degree, people don't mind paying a little bit more. Right, but yeah. at the same time, people don't want to be used as a bank account for government. And, you know, look, when, when we make the comparison to Florida for a second, and, and look, it's, and it's very different, but the reality is New York City, just New York City alone, its budget matches the entire state of Florida. New York State, on top of what New York City spends, New York State spends about double what New York City spends, which is double or so, than with the entire state of Florida. And now, Dottie, Florida has a bigger population than New York. Not by a lot, but, you know, so we start saying, where are we spending the money? And, you know, and Dottie, you know, just looking at the budget, and this is not political of one party or another, New York City is going to be spending about $4.5 billion on the fire department for the next budget cycle, okay? 
but they're looking at spending about $4.2 billion on homeless. And by the way, Dottie, that's separate and apart from how you have interactions between emergency rooms and you have policing and fire department costs going for that, too. So you got to ask yourself a question is, how are we spending our money? And we have plenty of people who are really, you know, working very hard and they see their money go for rent and for taxes and how much are they really saving? Um, and, th- and this is a question that we really have to ask broadly across all sectors of our society. Yeah, because we have data that, you know, of course, the Sunshine Florida does not have a state income tax. And it gained $39.2 billion in resident income in 2021, following its gain of $23.7 billion in 2020 and $17.7 billion in 2019. And uh, Texas is doing the same thing. Like that, That's happening to us in New York with Florida, and it's happening in California where they're going to Texas because of the, the, the taxes are ridiculous. And with, you know, with what you said, where people can work maybe less than the office or, you know, even though New York is putting a big push on trying to get people back every day, um, that's what it is. And so we can't afford to keep on losing that many people. The IRS last year revealed that millionaires were leaving New York with residents who reported an income over a million dollars falling to 54, 54370000 in 220 from 55 to 19 I mean, so I, I think we have to kind of come up with something. I don't say that people shouldn't pay more because New York has a lot to offer um, and people don't mind paying more. But it, when it gets to a point that someone says, you know what, and everyone, I was in Florida for over a month. Everyone here that I saw from New York was here for the same reason. All right, some I want to say just once to get out of the weather. But a lot of them were here because they can work from here. They made residence here. They got license here. And they're saving a ton of money. And they can still do their jobs. It's not a big flight. So I don't, I don't know. There's so many things going on, and I'm not an expert. But I don't know how we resolve all this. Um, Well, what we have to to do is it's about priorities, right? What we have to do is say, you know what? Let's look past politics. Let's first look at what is the backbone of our city and state. And the reality is people who are working, people who are contributing, families, and then businesses, education, arts, technology, finance, and that has to be the priority. You can't, if you try to, I mean, think about your personal life for a second. If you try to do to the max on every single thing that you want to do in life, you'll get nothing done, right? You've got to make choices. How many times, Dottie, do you get invited to events? You could spend your entire day, your entire week at stuff and then get nothing done for yourself. And so New York needs to take part and say, you know what, hold on. Let's, let's not make a political, we had a tragic event happen this week with the whole incident on the subway where we had what looks like a Marine who, by the way, was helped out by two other folks, which that's not talked about so much, but well, and, and there was someone who had 40 priors 
who had mental issues and was homeless and was threatening and was in a certain level of deranged behavior on the car. Obviously, we don't know all the facts. We weren't there, but that's what seems to be coming out. And, and, and that's the news. And we need to take a, a step back, you know, and say, look, is that regardless of, of the specific situation, let's look at this generally. We have a situation now where you have millions of people who travel the subway system. And again, m- most go through safely without incident, but regularly there are issues going on. And the priority of government needs to be, we need to create the, 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 the fertile soil so that the city can grow, right? They need to make sure it is, things are safe and they're running well, and that's when they need to spend money. And also at a certain point say, we're, not, we're just not gonna spend money on everything. Here's our budget, right? If, if, you, if people who are on a budget, do they say, I'm gonna go travel and not work, and not, but not pay the mortgage? Right. You can't do that. At a certain point, you got to say, here's what our budget can be. We can't overtax people because at a certain point, the money's not going to come in. And Dottie, I'll tell you one other thing on this. One more last thing. If the workers aren't back in the offices and, and, and more are coming back, the trend line that, is, that is, is improving. But it's not where it needs to be. And if the vacancy levels are too high... The commercial values will go too low. And Dottie, what's going to happen is that the city, which relies on around half of its revenue from property taxes, they're not going to get the property tax revenue. It's another issue. Oh, yeah, that's an issue. And then there's also the issue of bail reform. And they were supposed to reform the bail because, if you remember, during 9-11, I had Governor Pataki on because – no. I had him on because, uh, you know, on the anniversary of 9-11. And I asked him, you know, he talked about what he did during 9-11 to get people back. And then I said, what would you do if you were the governor now to get people back? And the first thing he said to me was they're not going to come back if they don't change the bail. Okay. And I look at the changes. I mean, I guess we're going to be on a cliffhanger because murders are up and everything's up. And in response to these sobering numbers, um, they did change, but I don't know what they really did change. The change itself will mean little because a judge still cannot consider whether the defendant poses a danger to the public or is at high risk of reoffending. A judge still cannot accept, in very limited circumstances, set bail on a defendant's charge with car thieves, drug dealers, shoplifters, commercial, burglars. Okay, thus the defendant arrested for shoplifting could have dozens of prior convictions and he could literally tell the judge to hurry up with the arraignment because he has to go to Macy's to steal a suit for his next future court appearance. Are you planning an event or celebration? While there are many options for catering, there's no one else that does it like DR Catering. With your dream in their hands, DR Catering can provide event decorations, entertainment options, and equipment rentals. From your menu to your decor, DR Catering takes your concept and makes it a reality, ensuring your guests leave feeling happy and satisfied. Led by a master chef from the prestigious Culinary Institute of America, it's a 
no-brainer people trust DR with their special events. From weddings, birthdays, and anniversaries to corporate events, holiday parties, graduations, and everything in between. 201-673-7380 to inquire or email Dominic at drizzo at drcatering.com. 201-673-7380 or email drizzo at drcatering.com. DR Catering, more than just caterers. 201-673-7380. Are you considering a unique way to enhance your investment knowledge this year? Then sign up today for the all-inclusive Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Along with our trusted partner, The Money Show, we're setting sail this December to explore some of the most beautiful and unspoiled destinations in the Caribbean. But this is no ordinary vacation. It's a chance to learn from top Eagle financial experts like best-selling authors George Gilder, Mark Skousen, and others who will be hosting a series of workshops and seminars throughout the trip. Imagine lounging on the sun deck while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals or enjoying a gourmet dinner at the same table with one of our leading financial authorities. This once-in-a-lifetime cruise is a perfect way to combine education and relaxation to achieve your investment goals. This cruise will sell out quickly, so visit EagleFinancialCruise.com today to learn more and to secure your cabin. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround, and when it comes to marketing, consider us your personal move-you-forward company. In a recent study, we found that 53% of local businesses were classified as novices when it came to designing, implementing, and managing their marketing needs. And that's where Salem Surround truly shines. We're a full-service marketing agency agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Let us give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and what your competition is doing. Our digital sales and support teams are the best in the industry and deliver customized personal service that's second to none. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Want to listen to AM970 The Answer on the go? There's an app for that. Download our free smartphone app so you can listen to all your favorite shows, keep up with us on social media, enter contests, win prizes, and even interact with our hosts all in one place. Just search AM970 The Answer in the iPhone App Store or the Google Play Store for the Android. Again, search AM970 The Answer and download our smartphone app today. That way, you can take us wherever you go. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM 970. com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and you're listening to Stephen and I. We're just talking about all the things that need to be addressed in the city um, because we have a wonderful city, and there's wonderful things going on, okay? And I'm so sick of listening to the news and hearing just the bad stuff. And um, New York City is the greatest city in the world, and we want to get it back there. This bail thing, which I think is really important, um, the only change they made going back to that was – 
the law was changed that the requirement that the judge set the least restrictive, the least restrictive conditions that will reasonably assure the defendant's return to court. So they have to return to court. But the change itself will mean little because the judge cannot really do anything. Okay? And and, and drug dealers, they can just go back to the street and continue to do it. And I really feel that if, I feel I agree with the governor. If you don't make a city safe, it doesn't matter. I mean, but Daddy, what's the least restrictive, reasonable, you know, restriction on somebody who has a multi-year history of engaging in crime and shows no sign of repenting? I mean, get, it's get rid of you know, him. I all, mean, what about that guy that it, just killed? It sounds killed, nice. That guy that well, it wasn't in, I don't think it was in New York, but that guy that a killer. He was deported four times. This was not in New York, by the way, but it was a Mexican fugitive who. Uh, slaughtered five people inside their Texas home, was in the country illegally after being deported four times. Prior to the shooting, Francisco, whatever his name is, has been apprehended and deported by Immigration and Customs Enforcement four times in the last 14 years, the first being in March of 2009. He was then deported in 2012 and so on and so on and so on. And for the after the fifth time, he came back and killed five people. How does that happen? I mean, Dottie, it, 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 it's, it, you know, I, I don't want to go too far off from real estate, but I'll say it's, you know, look, we had a tragedy that's happened this week out in Roslyn. Two 14-year-old boys were, were killed, and one could even argue murdered, by a driver under the influence who went into their car and someone who, according to news articles that I've read had a history uh, of also driving an influence previously. Obviously, I don't know them, I'm not involved, but what I read, you know, and here he is driving again. I mean, Dottie, you have something which they call in Texas, not in New York, and, and hopefully never comes to New York. Do you know what a bailout is? And I don't mean bailing out a bank, some term I wasn't familiar with. No. A bailout is when um, people who are legally in the country steal a car drive as fast as possible until they're into a car accident and then they bail out of the car and run away. And this is happening every day in parts of Texas, particularly Southern Texas. Yeah. Well, you know, Steve, you say, I mean, you, don't want, you, say you don't want to get far off from real estate, and I agree with you. But let me say this to all of you who are listening, whether you live in New York, California, Texas, Illinois, it is. It does affect real estate, okay? I'm not just bringing current events out. I mean, I think they're important. But these are things that affect real estate because nobody wants to live in, a, in an unsafe area, okay? And if it is unsafe, the values will definitely go down, okay? Um, as you said in the beginning of the show with the housing, if you take a little town in Westchester or someplace or Long Island with these little railroad stations, little residential houses, and then you put these big high rises, you change that whole community. Oh, and and there should be more thought in that. Um, you would probably have more people at the, you know, there's just I don't I don't I'm not sure. And what I'd like to do, because there's so much here is over the next month or two, maybe Steve and myself, and if you have any ideas, you can send us. I'd like to write a very positive, 
because I think the city is great, and I'm always saying I will not desert the city, but I am not going to sit back and be one of the people that talks about it and not tries to do anything. And as you said, you can't fix everything in a day. So there's a lot of things going on. And so if you try to fix a million things, you're not going to get anything done. But, Steve, what I'd like to do with you, and maybe our listeners can you know, send us in some thoughts, is over the next couple of months, I'm not sure if it should go to the governor or maybe just the mayor, just a few ideas of, of smaller things, not monumental, because I'm not saying that we can change the world, but a few ideas and a few you know, names on, on, on things that we really feel could help. Positive. Everything you know, positive, Daddy, not I, negative. I, I think that's a great idea, and I'll tell you, I think here's a way to start, because Ow. it's such a daunting task. There's a, there's a number of reasons why people pick where they live. And so the first thing, you know, I believe you go back to basic, and you say, well, wait a minute, why do I live where I live? And you put down those reasons, and then you ask yourself the next question, right? I identified why I live where I live. Are my local representatives, are the laws, are what's going on in alignment with why I picked where I live? And if it's not, that is, I think, a place where you start and say, I picked it because of great schools. Am I getting great schools for my kids? I picked it because we have clean streets and the right kind of services. Are we getting that? I picked it because of a great infrastructure for transportation. Are we getting that? I picked that because of employment opportunities. Are we getting that, right? You go right down that list and you start asking yourself, what am I getting and what am I not getting? And, and I agree with you also. Don't be afraid to compliment. There is nothing wrong with saying, look, you guys are not doing a great job over here, but you guys are doing a great job over there. I mean, this is about just how do we give the right level of observations and constructive criticisms to actually just make it better. Well, I'm going to come up with something, and it's going to be very positive. It's, you know, for all of us New Yorkers who are committed to New York City, think it's wonderful, and it has some bumps. It has many great things, too. So it's a positive, and I think that if we take the time to not go through the world, like, you know, just some major issues, some really positive things that they've done, and a few things that we think they need work, and, you know, if our listeners want to put in some, some of their thoughts, but it should be done in a constructive way. <coughs> and I think that the mayor would, 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 would like getting it. I mean, I would. You know, I ran a company for so many years, and I would call what I would have is, uh, you know, them twice a year. They didn't have to put their names on it because I, I wasn't going to revenge anybody. But I really wanted to hear what people thought what we could do better, what we were doing right, what they thought was good, what they thought we could work on. And I just think that the mayor would welcome that. I think he's in, you know, I I think he's in a tough spot. There's a lot going on. The immigration problem, even he said, you know, he needs funding. He can't just drop people off for them to go. So I will work with you and, and, and maybe we could over the next month or so form a real constructive good letter with all the positives and a few, not many, but a few thoughts of things that we think could just be a little help. And also I agree. give him I think, some you know credit. What? It's, 
I, I think it's uh, it's a great service. You know what? And th- and that's what we're here for. We're ultimately here to provide a service to our listeners and our community. And you know what? If if we're able to even just give a couple of suggestions that are helpful um, and that make things better, you know what? I, I'd be very proud of that. And I think it'd be great for everybody. And I think that all of the listeners that are listening to us, you know, should, you know, send us what their thoughts are. But again, this is constructive. It's not meant to be because, you know, I always say, oh, I always tell people, oh, I want to be New York City's PR person because, you know, they really, well, the news is there to emphasize all the bad. But, you know, I was well, in Florida for a month and I'm listening to the news and, like, you know, I said, I'm not afraid to walk down the street in New York City, but the way they made it, people, I mean, it just was not, it, it just was blown out. Of course, that's what the media does. They blow it up. But I think that we have a great city. I think we went through heck, and oh, I don't want to say the word hell, but I did. Uh, and back, <laughs> I think New York really came back in a better way, than, quicker than I expected. And now we've got to, you know, and now there's some issues that we really have to address, which I think mainly bail. And I, I feel sorry for the mayor. I mean, he needs funding. He's actually saying, and, and, and we're a sanctuary city. We are welcoming immigrants, but you've got to have a plan. You can't just drop them off and just leave them. <laughs> okay. Well, so, you know what? I mean, this is where, you know, and, and, and I'll, I'll use the word since you guys use it. Sometimes the road to hell is paved with good intentions. If you advertise certain things and you're offering that, um, people are going to flock to it. And ultimately, you have the longtime residents, you know, that are paying for it. And, Dottie, you know, the situation that we're in did not happen overnight. No. Right? This is now multiple administrations over multiple years. I mean, look, when, when, when Bloomberg was mayor, now, granted, there's been inflation, so it's not an exact apples to apples comparison. The budget was sixty billion a year, and I think the city was run pretty damn well. Now, I do too. I would have voted for him for a fourth term. Absolutely. Now, now, now the city's budget is about a hundred and ten billion. You know, we're talking about nearly double. And do you think we're getting? Forget about are we getting double the service? Are we even getting the same level of service in the city that we got at nearly half the price? Right? You so, know, I, what's important is not a race to a deadline. It's a race to the right results, okay? And I, I just think that if you would, because I know you're a far better writer than I am, if in the next month or so, you know, plus, you know, if you're listening and you have any thoughts, you know, not to bash the city, things that we can do better. It's not about, like, tearing it down. It's about, okay, with a little tweak, we can do this better. And we can't tackle everything. And then I think we should list all the wonderful things that the city has done and all the positive changes they put in, okay? And then some, a few, just a few things. I think mm. that that would be very appreciated. I think the mayor would really be happy to hear that and get a letter like that. And I think that it could come from us and all of our listeners. And, uh, and, and, and well, not everyone's going to agree with us, but I think that would be a really good thing to do because... As you said, it's a tale of two cities. There's some, such great things happening, some great buildings going up, some great, you know, of sales. 
rents, I mean, they're out of control because people want to live here. And they still, and you know what? Every time I'm in Florida, I always hear New Yorkers say, yeah, I like it here, it's nice. The ones that are ready to retire, okay, that they, they always went to Florida. But now it's getting to a point where I think there's a tipping line. And I think before it tips any further, I think we need to just get it together a little bit. And I think that um, it's a monumental job for anyone. And as you said, it was, this administration didn't just get it. It's been going on and mm-hmm. on and on. And so if you would, uh, will be willing to do that with me, I would love to do that. And we'll read it to you when we are done with it. And I think the mayor would very much appreciate that. And then I'm yeah. not preaching what I won't do because I sit here talking about it and I, I, I really feel, okay, it's great to talk about it, but what does the average person do? They hear it, they grumble, they complain, but, and, and they say, well, what can I do alone? And, I, and, and again, I think that when you take a negative attitude completely and you bash everything, that's not going to have a good result. So I, I, and I, and I do think there's such wonderful things, Broadway's back. I mean, there's such wonderful things that are going on. And, and I am sorry, there is no other city like New York. And I have said this, wherever I go, I say, let me tell you something. We are a small radius. We're a vertical city. It's the only city I know of where you can be anything. You can have any religious belief. You can be any color. And, and for most part, everyone is accepted. And no one's looked upon like a freak. I mean, and, and, and people live like on top of each other. And somehow we managed to get along. Uh, so I think that a few of the laws that changed, like the, you know, I, I think, you know, the bail. And of course, we took the funding away from a, a lot of the city cops, which wasn't a good idea. But I think, you know, um, look, I don't have the answers. I just think a nice letter with all the positives that have gone on, which people fail to remember also, because, you know, the news has to play up all the bad stuff. Um, I think that would be a good thing to do. And hopefully you'll join me with it. And if anybody has ideas, I would love to hear them. And I making a commitment that within the next month, month and a half, we'll get it done. We'll read it to you and uh, we'll send it to the mayor. For all of those in New York. And if you're in uh, Long Island or Westchester or, or Connecticut, we love you too. But we're going to start with New York City. And don't, but we'll, we, we love all the Tri-State. We love living here. Love living in the Northeast. And um, we'll do everything we can do to get it to the best place it could be. We'll be back with our, our landscaping genius right after the commercial break. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.